Islam, beliefs and teachings. This is going to be quite a long topic and there's a lot of specific language to learn. So make sure you've got yourself a glossary and you are continuously checking that you can define these words. Muslims believe that Islam was revealed to humanity through lots of different prophets over hundreds of years. It was first revealed to Adam, but the final and the most detailed revelation was made to Muhammad in the 7th century. The word Islam in Arabic means submission. Muslims believe that they should surrender to the will of Allah. One of the most important beliefs for both Sunni and Shias is in Taweed, which is the belief in the oneness and unity of God. Islam is therefore monotheistic. Um, Quranic verse to support this is, He is God the One, God the Eternal. He begot no one, nor was he begotten. No one is comparable to him. This belief is repeated daily in the Shahada, the Declaration of Faith, where it says there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Nobody can uh, draw or should draw God. That would be a sin, which is called shirk, if you um, to draw God, because you're undermining his, his oneness. They'd also therefore really disagree with the idea of the Trinity. Another important um, idea is in the supremacy of God's will. God is the one and only creator and controller of everything. Therefore, nothing happens unless God allows it to happen. So even if something bad happens, God has allowed that and it's therefore God's will and he has a reason for allowing it to happen. This is why um, often Muslims say, inshallah, after a promise um, or saying you're going to do something, it means God willing, showing that their belief is that they're not in control, that God is in control. There are also then some kind of key beliefs that you need to know, and this is probably one of the hardest thing. So um, let's break down Sunni and Shia Islam. So Sunni is a slightly larger group of Muslims. When Muhammad died, majority of Muslims thought that the Quran and the Sunnah, which are Muhammad's teachings and actions, um, found in the Hadiths, had the authority to guide the beliefs and behaviours of Muslims. They elected Abu Bakr, who was Muhammad's brother-in-law, to be their leader or their caliphate, um, to act on kind of God's behalf. Whereas Shias believed that Muhammad had named his cousin Ali as his successor. So they didn't follow Abu Bakr and until um, Ali came kind of into power, they didn't necessarily listen to anything that, that the caliphs in between had said. So in Sunni Islam, there are six articles of faith and you need to learn these and it's really, really important. So... Belief number one um, is Taweed, the oneness of God. Belief number two is in angels and that angels communicate the message of God to humans. Belief number three in the Quran that is the most important writing and the highest authority in Islam. So this one is the authority of holy books. Number four is in prophets, particularly in Muhammad whose name means highly praised and he's the most important prophet of God. 
number five, is in the day of judgment, a belief that all humanity will be judged by God and sent to either heaven or hell. And number six, as I just mentioned before, is the supremacy of God's will, meaning that God already knows but also makes everything that occurs in the world happen. Now in Shia Islam, there are five key beliefs which are referred to as the Usul ad-Din. So you need to also learn these. And there is some overlap. So, two that are the same are a belief in Taweed, that God is one, a belief in prophethood, accepting Muhammad as God's last prophet. But then there are three different ones here. Number three is in the justice of God, that God is just and wise and cannot do wrong, and he holds humans accountable for their actions. Number four is the belief in the imamate, which means accepting that the 12 imams are the leaders of Islam and guard the truth of the religion without error. Shia Muslims, oh sorry, the final one, is in the belief in the resurrection. They believe that after death they will be resurrected to be judged by God. Now we need to look a little bit about or at the nature of God. Um... So Muslims say the words Alu Akbar, which means God is the greatest. God also has 99 names that are found in the Quran and the Hadiths, and they can help Muslims to understand something of God's nature. Many Muslims try to memorize the names of God and recite them when they are praying. Some names show God's power, his might, others show his love and care. Now quite a lot of the words that are used to um, describe God are the same as in kind of Christianity. So they would say that God is imminent, that he is transcendent, that he is omnipotent, he is uh, benevolent, loving, merciful, fair. Uh, the, an important belief is the idea that God is just and fair. And in Shia Islam, this is called Adalat. So make sure you write that one down in your glossary. Adalat means God's justice. Um, So just make sure you can name a couple of the um, the kind of descriptive words of God. Uh, one that shows that God are some Quranic verses here that tell you a little bit about God. Um, you could use he is with you wherever you are to say that he is omnipresent or that he is imminent. We're now going to move on to uh, Muslim belief in angels. So Muslims believe that angels bring the word of God to the prophets or messengers. For Sunnis, obviously the belief in angels is one of the six articles of faith. It's a Quranic verse that says each person has angels before him and behind, watching over him by God's command. There's another one that says, praise be to God, creator of the heavens and earth, who made angels messengers. So Muslims believe that angels are able to receive God's word directly from him and pass them on to the prophets of God. They can do this because they're pure and they are sinless. Interestingly, they also have no free will, so they are incapable of doing anything to displease God. They only ever, do, they only ever like, commit perfect actions. They ceaselessly praise and worship God. Muslims believe that angels are involved in our lives. Um, from the moment we are born. Some are guardian angels, 
Others are responsible for recording our actions in um, a book of deeds that gets presented before God on Judgment Day. Um, They also escort people to heaven or escort people to the gates of hell. Muslims believe that God has given angels power to take on human form when appearing to people whom he wishes to give a message. Like you could talk about examples of um, angel appearing to Ibrahim um, and to Maryam, who in Christianity is Mary, as men. Now there are a couple of important um, angels. The two that I suggest that you learn are Jibril and Mikael. So Jibril is obviously Gabriel, the angel who's most familiar to Christians and Jews. He is an archangel, trusted messenger of God. But he was also the angel who gave the Quran or relayed the Quran to Muhammad from God. Muslims believe that Jibril first appeared to Muhammad when he was actually a child. In a story, it says that Jibril and Mikhail came to Muhammad during the night and purified his heart so that later he would be able to receive God's revelation. So when he was uh, 40 years old in the night of power, Jibril returned to him in a blaze of light when he was meditating at Mount Hera and told Muhammad what God wanted him to do and inspired him with the revelations of the Quran. Second one is Mikhail, Michael, who's another high-ranking archangel. He, Muslims believe that he's an angel of mercy and that God has assigned Mikhail to rec- reward righteous people for good things that they do. He's also got the responsibility of sending rain and thunder and lightning. The Quran talks about Mikhail when it warns that anyone who is an enemy of God's angels, Jibril and Mikhail, is also an enemy of God. Muslims believe that Jibril and Mikhail have brought nourishment to human beings. Jibril more in terms of spiritual nourishment, whereas Mikhail brings nourishment to the earth and humans through rain. Next belief that we're going to look at is predestination. There are different ideas about predestination in Islam. Some Sunnis believe that God has determined everything that's going to happen in the universe. He's written everything down that will happen in in what's called a book of decrees. God creates all things, including the actions of his creatures, so they must act according to his will. It's a verse that says, only what God has decreed will happen to us. This is linked to the Sunni belief in the supremacy of God's will. Some Sunni Muslims believe that because God's will is so powerful, he can determine everything that's going to happen. Many Shia Muslims believe that God knows everything that is going to happen, but it does not mean that he decides what is going to happen. It means that people still have free will, so they can make their own choices. Um, Now we need to talk about life after death a bit. So for Muslims, death is not the end. Life after death is referred to as a kira. Many Muslims believe that after death, the person still has a conscious existence in the grave. So they're sort of in a state of um, in-between, a state of waiting, which is called barzak. It means barrier. So they're awaiting the day of judgment. And Muslims believe that as they lie in the grave, God sends two angels to question them about their faith. If people answer correctly, they will see the rewards come. But if they deny God, they will see the punishments they will have to endure. Some believe the punishments start right away. 
Others think that people sleep in their graves until the end of the world when the day of judgment comes. Muslims believe uh, on the day of judgment, the angel Israfil will blow a trumpet to announce the world is going to be destroyed. This world then gets transformed into the new world, which is Akira. And then the angel Israfil will blow the trumpet again. Everyone who has ever lived gets raised from the dead and judged. People are given new bodies um, and the book of life gets handed to them to read out. If you are handed it in your right hand, you will go to heaven. If you are handed it in your left hand, you will go to hell. So you kind of get faced with all of um, the things that you've done in your life. If um, you are believers who have shown sorrow for the things you've done wrong, God will forgive you. And God sorts out the souls by making them cross a bridge called Sirat Bridge that goes across to the fires of hell. Good people are transported across the bridge quickly and enter heaven. Heaven in Islam is, or Jannah, is described as gardens of happiness. Um, it's uh, a really beautiful place. On couches, it says in the Quran, on couches of well-woven cloth, they will face sitting each other. Everlasting youths will go round among them. On the other hand, the Quran talks about hell as a place of fire and great torment. It's a punishment. They will dwell amid scorching wind and scalding water in the shadow of black smoke, neither cool nor refreshing. Belief in life after death is one of the six articles of faith for Sunnis and also one of the five roots of the Usul al-Din in Shia. So for both of them, it's incredibly important. Next, we're going to look at prophethood. Um, prophethood um, is referred to as Risala, uh, the importance of prophets as a channel of communication between God and humans. They, um, there are loads of them. Muslims believe that there's around 124,000 prophets. 25 of them are named in the Quran. They include Adam, Ibrahim, Musa, who's Moses, Issa, who's Jesus, and Muhammad. Um, Muslims believe that Adam was the first man on earth and the first prophet of Islam. He, God gives Adam understanding. Uh, then God asked Adam to tell the angels names of some objects that they did not know so Adam kind of names things in order to prevent Adam being lonely God creates Hawa which is Eve and they live in the garden of bliss Adam's important to Muslims because God gave him understanding and Adam passes this on to the rest of the human race now, obviously you then want to be able to talk about the importance of Muhammad as a messenger but we'll go on to that next so Muhammad uh, received the final revelation of Islam from God. He is the last and greatest of the prophets. Uh, verse says, Muhammad is not the father of any one of you men. He is God's messenger and the seal of the prophets. So he was born in 570 CE in Mecca. He became an orphan and he was brought up by his uncle. He married his employer, a wealthy widow called Khadija. He was very religious and he often went to a cave on Mount Hira for prayer. In 610 CE, he had an experience that changed his life. Jibril, or Gabriel, appeared to him from a, with a message 
from God, which was a revelation. For more than 20 years, Muhammad continued to receive these revelations and they were combined to form the Quran. Three years after the first revelation, Muhammad began preaching the words. He challenged people to kind of live differently. Um, and eventually some of the things that, that he says get recorded as um, the sunnah or his teachings, which are found in the hadiths. And these are used as a basis for Sharia law. Now, I'm just going to now refer back to the imamate. So when Muhammad died, it wasn't clear who should come next because we're split. The Sunnis and Shias are split over Abu Bakr or Ali. For Shias, it's really important that Ali took control because they believed that he had been appointed by a divine instruction. Um, when Ali died, his son became the imam. Now, if you might remember from um, the practices section, um, each imam that followed was the son of the previous imam. Um, this is quite complicated. So there's a branch of Shia Islam believes that there's 12 imams in total. And the last of the imams is Muhammad al-Mahdi, who they believe has been kept alive by God and hidden somewhere on earth. And he will return with Jesus at some point to bring justice and equality. Um, so this is the the imamate is the divine means the divine appointment of the imams. So they believe that the receiving of God's law was completed through Muhammad, but that guiding people and preserving and explaining the dark divine law then continued through the imams. The imamate is important because people need divine guidance to know how to live correctly. Um, and then the last prophet that I want to talk about is Ibrahim. Ibrahim is, is very important. Um, he's a role model because of his obedience to God, because he was prepared to sacrifice his son. So this is really linked to the stories um, around Hajj. So we've got um, his kind of link to the Kaaba, which is a small building in Mecca, the black box. And Muslims believe that this original Kaaba was built by Adam, but it got destroyed at the time of Noah. So Ibrahim rebuilt the Kaaba with his son Ishmael. Also, when you want to talk about the importance, talk about the story of him being prepared to, to sacrifice Ishmael. And then a link to the festival of Idul Adha, where Muslims slaughter an animal to remember his sacrifice. Ibrahim is also remembered when Muslims go on Hajj because they kind of go in his footsteps. Um, you need to just go over your notes on Hajj if you, if you want to remember that. Nearly there. We just need to lastly talk about the holy books in Islam, and then we are done. So, obviously, the Quran is the most important because it is the word of God that was reveal revealed to Muhammad via the angel Jibril over a period of 22 years contains the foundation of um, every believer's faith. It's infallible. It contains doctrine, practice, law. It's also in Arabic. The original Quran um, is read in Arabic so that they believe God's words are kind of speaking to them. Verse says, This is the scripture in which there is no doubt containing guidance for those who are mindful of God. The name Quran means recital, as Muhammad recited by heart every revelation. 
His followers memorized them and scribes wrote them down. And after Muhammad died, his successor, Abu Bakr, commissioned an official copy to be compiled. It contains a mixture of historical accounts and advice on how to follow God. In total, there are 114 chapters. Um, they're all kind of different lengths, but they are, rem- they are arranged approximately in order of length. The longest come first and the shorter chapters come last. Muslim children are encouraged to learn Arabic so they can read it. Someone who knows the Quran off by heart is given the ter- title a Hafiz, H-A-F-I-Z. There are also some other important holy books in Islam. Muslims believe um, that they have been revealed by God. These include the Torah, revealed by Moses, or Musa. It's mentioned 18 times in the Quran. Some Muslims think the Torah is essentially the five, first five books of the Bible, but over time, additions and subtractions have been made to the original text. The Psalms, or the Zabur, which were revealed to David and are mentioned on three occasions in the Quran. And the Gospels, the Injil, they are mentioned in the Quran. And it is believed that this refers to a book divinely revealed to Jesus, or Isa. It is thought that this Gospel has been lost, but some of its messages still found in the Bible. The word, the word Injil, or Gospel, occurs 12 times in the Quran. So, good luck revising. Hope this was useful.